my family and I have a little pond behind our house. And on Saturday, after the fourth round of the NFL draft came and went and Sam Howell was still on the board, I gave up and I went and got in a kayak and started paddling because I didn't know what was going to happen. But finally, in the fifth round, the first pick of that round, Sam Howell came off the board. What happened? We're going to talk about it on today's episode of Locked on Tar Heels. You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Tuesday, May 3rd, 2022. It's my mom's birthday. Cindy Shade, I love you dearly. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, beat writer for Sports Illustrated's North Carolina website. And I just want to thank you for making this show your first listen every single day. Please don't forget, we are free and available anywhere you get podcasts. Go and subscribe right now. Also, for those of you watching on YouTube, thanks for making it your first watch today. Subscribe, hit the like button, ring that bell so you get notifications anytime a new episode drops. And please, would you leave a comment while you're here? I challenged us yesterday to see if we could get up to 200 likes and 50 or more comments, and we blew it out of the water. Let's do it again. Come on, let's make it happen. Love that. Very seriously, what on earth happened to Sam Howell? I think we had all come to grips with the fact that he would not be a first-round pick, but all the conventional wisdom suggested that he would go on Friday in either the second or third round of the NFL draft. Friday night came and went, and well, okay, fine. Wasn't the second or third round. We'll, we'll figure it out Saturday. He'll go early in the fourth. Nope, just like I said. Fourth round came and went, and there is no Sam Howell. Finally, the Washington Commanders, still getting used to that, took him with the first pick of the fifth round, 144th overall. Now, I, I went back and looked, just because we're all trying to remember, right? Like, we're not crazy. This time last year, Sam Howell was considered a first round pick. Are we, are we right about that? We're absolutely right about that. I, here's just some of them I, I went and looked at. NBC Sports, first overall. Bleacher Report, second overall. Todd McShay, ESPN, seventh overall. And this is all this time of year, like May or mid-May when those were coming out. What on earth then happened to Sam Howe to allow him to fall? Now, I know, like, I feel like we don't even need to talk about the the year that Carolina had as a football team last year. I think that's the lowest common denominator and kind of a cop-out because you can still see great players uh, that translate to the NFL level, even on subpar teams. And so, yes, I recognize that Sam Howe's sophomore year, he had Javante Williams in his backfield. He had Mike Carter in his backfield. He had Deami Brown and Daz Newsom out th who he could throw to, all of whom are playing in the NFL now, both running backs presumably will be starters next year. Deami Brown, second team. Daz Newsom, second team. Like, you lose those and you drop off production. But guess what, folks? You know who's playing around you when you're an NFL quarterback? It's NFL talent. And so we should probably be projecting what Sam Haldad did 
dad did his sophomore year more so than his junior year. Also keep in mind, he didn't have Bo Corrales last year. That was hurt most of the year. Unfortunately, the line wasn't that great most of the time. And did Sam make some mistakes? Yes. Does he hold on to the ball a little too long sometimes? Yes. However, I don't think the NFL should be holding against Sam his junior year lack of perceived success against expectation. When you look at the numbers, he had a solid year. But that is none of what we're going to talk about today. Like, I want to remind us of those things, but there's other stuff to talk about as well. So, first thing I want to mention is a reminder of the supply and demand issue. Uh, little, uh, little known fact here, there are only 32 teams in the NFL. I'm just kidding. That's not a little known fact. We all know that. But why do I why do I say that? Is because these teams have been filling up with young talent the last several years. Yes, there's a lot of teams still out there with veteran talent going, but a lot of the NFL teams have just invested in young talent that's already producing in the NFL. What does that mean? They don't need a ton of quarterbacks. They need the people to protect the quarterbacks. They need the people, uh, the skills positions to surround the quarterbacks. They need the defenders who can get the quarterback back the ball. Not everyone needs a quarterback right now. That's just a fact of the NFL. And so because of that, we saw just one quarterback go in the first round, Kenny Pickett. And then, you know, things kept going from there. Now, that's not explaining everything about Sam Howell specifically, but that does explain partly about the quarterbacks. Now, another thing about the quarterbacks is, um, turns out, uh, you know, typically we're going to have multiple quarterbacks and people trying to trade up to the top of the first round to get them. But it sounds, it just seems like now that scouts maybe weren't as high on this quarterback draft class, when combined with that supply and demand I just talked about, you don't have a great situation for somebody who's fallen to fifth in line to be drafted early or even on the second day. And so that's just kind of uh, the storm that Sam Howell came into with that. Um, because unfortunately, Sam was at the bottom of this list. There was this kind of group of five quarterbacks everyone was looking at, but you Howell ended up going sixth, not even, you know, it's last among those five is, is great, but there were six. So the, the four that we expected him to be in a group with were Kenny Pickett, whom I've already mentioned from Pittsburgh, Malik Willis, Desmond Ritter, and Matt Corral, and Sam Howell. Like, there's that group of five. But then he also ended up falling behind Bailey Zappi from Western Kentucky. Yeah, that was a thing too. And then Howell... Uh, um, Zappi went um, late in the fourth round, and then Howell, again, was the first pick of the fifth round. And so pretty close in proximity to one another, but that just tells you kind of where people are thinking Howell is at. Mel Kuyper Jr., famed NFL uh, draft analyst, said uh, these things about Sam Howell. He held the ball too long and had too many passes batted down, speaking specifically of his junior season. He said there's some things he's got to fix if he's ever going to be a starter in the NFL. That uh, That's coming from somebody who's been looking at quarterbacks and, and NFL talent for a long, 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 long time. Hmm. I, I just, 
like I, I hear that and I see it and, and I have seen it off and on for three years. Um, some of that inconsistency or holding on to the ball a little bit too long. And yeah, he's short, but you know who else is? Drew freaking Breeze. So come on. Uh, and how can do a lot of those same things. So here's what I want to do then is just say what that that sucks that that happened. Um, but as as Candace Cooper said on some of our locked on live draft coverage was this is just the beginning of his villain narrative. It's an opportunity for him to rise to the occasion right now on the commanders. Keep in mind, it's not just Carson Wentz, it's Tyler Heineke too. He's currently essentially a third string quarterback. And you know what? That is a great thing for Sam Howell. I'm going to just go ahead and say like, yes, because of his professionalism, because of his preparation that we've heard Coach Longo talk about now for three years, um, Howell could step in and be a benefit to a team immediately. Sure, he would have... Um, some hiccups and some learning on the fly. But you know what's awesome is he doesn't have to. Not only does he not have to be ready to go if if Wentz gets hurt, he's third string right now. What does that mean? It's a great situation for him to learn even more about being a professional, even more about how do I come into this league and make a mark. Let me learn from somebody in Carson Wentz who's been there and done that, but who also frankly has some injury history and who knows uh, if you can outplay Heineke, make your way to second string, Wentz gets hurt, you're in pretty quick. So um, there is a path for Sam Howell and I love what uh, some good news coming out of Washington. Here's just some things that Washington has been saying. Now, I know some of this is you want to talk well of the, of the person you drafted and, and I hear that and I get that. But even with that lens on it, let's think about this. Washington is very excited to have Sam Howell and get him where they did, obviously. Um, head coach Ron Rivera said this, to have Sam fall to us was something we had to jump on. We feel that this is a home run for us. Here's what's cool to me about Sam Howell. You want to know what caught Washington's eye first? When they were in 2021 at Pro Days, when they were scouting Daz Newsome and Deami Brown, who is a Washington commander, by the way, and so we'll be reunited with Sam Howell. That's got to be another level of comfort for Howell. You might or might not remember this, but Sam Howell came to that pro day, even when he's not eligible for the draft, to throw to those guys so that they would have their quarterback throwing to him. It's like, I don't know, Garrett Cole, one of the most insane pitchers on the planet right now, or Max Scherzer, or Jacob deGrom, or Noah Syndergaard, whatever, coming out to throw batting practice or a pitch at the home run derby, that kind of thing. Sam Howell comes out to do that for these guys so that they're comfortable and can best showcase their talents. That is what caught Washington's Redskins eye. <laughs> I just slipped up. The Washington commander's eye. Uh, nothing, I mean, yes, things from this year caught their eye. But that is what first made them stand up and take notice that Sam Howell is a guy we want on our football team. So in some ways, I, I'm going to answer my own question this way. What happened to Sam Howell? He maybe landed in a place that he was intended to land all along. Maybe this could be a good thing. Give him some more NFL longevity by not being thrown to the wolves immediately. What happened to Sam Howell? He landed in a good spot.
That's what happened to Sam Howell. Boom, take that to the bank. Now, Sam Howell was not the only Tar Heel drafted and uh, not the only Tar Heel signed as an undrafted free agent that's going to have an opportunity as well. Who are the rest of those? We're going to look at that list, that roster in just a moment. Uh, and first, though, here's a couple ads. Boom. Love it. So, um, I also want to give a special shout out to those of you watching on YouTube. You are just right now making this thing go. Audio numbers are great and it's awesome and we have a great audience in both formats. But holy smokes, the YouTube side of things is blowing up. And so I, I just want to express my thanks on behalf of this entire community um, for, for how neat this is, right? Um, so thank you for making Locked on Tar Heels your first watch and your go-to for UNC content every day. And so let's challenge ourselves again. Can we get up to 200 likes and 50 comments? I absolutely think we can, just like we did on Monday's show. Okay, back in, as I said, in addition to Sam Howe, there were three other draft picks. And, and right now, there are uh, six different undrafted free agents that we know of um, coming out of, of the Tar Heels this year. And so what I want to do right now is take a look at who, um, who that group is. And so... Um, Let's look into that right now, starting with those guys who were indeed drafted. Um, and so uh, the first Tar Heel off the board, uh, and this is going forever, this is going to be a great trivia question. Who was the first North Carolina Tar Heel drafted in the 2022 NFL Draft? Because we're all immediately going to think Sam Howe, until you remember that, nope, it was not Sam Howe, it was none other than Mr. Joshua Izudu coming off the board in the third round on Friday, 67th overall to the New York Giants. Uh, for those of you that maybe don't keep as much track of the football team, Joshua Azudu is an offensive lineman, and uh, that is great there. Way to go, Josh. Way to be that first Tar Heel off the board. Congrats to you. That's awesome. Um, next, obviously, how was that second Tar Heel drafted on, on Saturday in the fifth round? And then there was like this rush on Tar Heels in the fifth round because that's where uh, three of the four Tar Heels were drafted. So following in Sam Howe's footsteps uh, came Ty Chandler getting his opportunity drafted by the Vikings. Uh, also, again, in the fifth round, 169th overall. And so just what a neat thing for him to have um, made this transition from Tennessee to be the featured back. I mean, and he had to earn that, right? He just didn't come in and was gifted this uh, lead uh, back spot by Mac Brown. He had to earn it. And um, what an opportunity for him to continue to prove himself and then uh, translate that into getting drafted in the NFL draft, like the dream of a lifetime. Ty Chandler, way to go, brother. And then this is a really cool thing. So the fourth Tar Heel drafted, the last Tar Heel drafted in the 2022 NFL draft was another offensive lineman, Marcus McKeithen, who went to the Giants at, uh, again, in the fifth round at 173rd overall. And the reason I emphasize Giants is because Joshua Azudu, also an offensive lineman from Carolina, also went to the Giants. And so these guys are going to be reunited in New York, offensive linemen who have played together, um, been together, know each other intimately. And you have to think that that provides a benefit for both of these young men. Now, 
I know some people out there might be hearing this and thinking, yeah, but you just talked about earlier how the offensive line didn't do a great job this season and and how they've kind of struggled. Well, that is fair critique. The, the offensive line was not awesome in this season. However, um, for Joshua Zudu, he has struggled with some injury. The offensive line as a whole did this season, and so people are coming into positions they're not used to, and that plays a factor. That plays a role in a lot of what's happening there. And so, um, again, at the same time, it's awesome to see these two guys drafted, not only drafted, but drafted to the same team, staying in the same position group. That's awesome. Can't wait to just see more from Izudu and McKeithen of how they are being uh, coming together as Giants and helping one another. Now, as we move into the undrafted free agents who are just going to have a shot, um, and these are just names we know of right now. Keep in mind, these are not uh, until we actually see them show up at, at camp or something. It's not legitimately fully 100% official. So just, just keep that in mind. Um, first person on the books, and and uh, I've got these in alphabetical order, is kicker Grayson Atkins, who is going to have an opportunity with the Colts. He is is one we've learned about more recently. The others um, came out pretty quickly after the draft, and so um, really cool to see him get to go and have this opportunity. What a progression he has had. Love that opportunity for him. Next is a third Tar Heel uh, signed by the Giants, and that's Taman Fox. And just love to see how he's continued to progress. He came back, um, as you know, for this last season and is is now going to move on and would love for him to be able to make the team, be be part of things there with uh, Izudu and McKeithen, how just super cool that would be. And then uh, a guy you just can't help but root for is Jeremiah Gemmel. And uh, linebacker, heart and soul of, of the defense after Ch- uh, after Chaz Surratt moved on um, to the NFL uh, to play with the Vikings, which is where, again, Ty Chandler is. So that's cool. Those guys, although they were never teammates, you know, I'm sure have interacted and, and have some level of relationship already. So that's pretty neat there. And so excited to see. Because um, you think of Jeremiah Gimmel as being a great locker room guy and, and just thinking of things that he can be as a value added to any uh, any NFL franchise. That's the word I'm looking for there. Um, and so that's great. Uh, moving down through our list alphabetically, Kyler McMichael, um, who you know as a defensive back, uh, is signed with the Buccaneers as an undrafted free agent. Jordan Tucker, another offensive lineman. We just keep going through the list here, uh, has signed as an undrafted free agent with the Steelers. And so uh, that'll be um, interesting now with, with Kenny Pickett, the guy there, as, as Big Ben is leaving, uh, two offensive uh, now counterparts who were foes in the ACC, although they wouldn't have lined up against each other, obviously, because Pickett is on offense and so is Tucker. So that's pretty cool there. Good luck, Jordan. Um, go do work. And then last person on the list here, another um, who would come back for a fifth year, um, is Garrett Walston, who has also, similar to Jeremiah Gimmel, been signed uh, with the 49ers. And so love to see an opportunity for him there um, to go in and, and make an impression. And so um, to, to all these guys, those who were drafted and, and those who weren't, just go make the Carolina family proud. We know you will. We can't wait to see your efforts. Um, hopefully some of these UDFAs will, will make a team, and, and that would just be awesome to celebrate 
And uh, man, Sam Howell, just go prove people wrong. That's what I just keep thinking and just show them why you should have been drafted higher. Well, uh, the foot we talked about Ty Chandler and him being a transfer into Carolina and everything that did for him. We saw that for Brady Manick this year on the basketball team and how that's elevated him now to the potential of being an NBA draft pick. He's gone. Tar Heels need somebody to fill that hole. And with Kerwin Walton gone, as we talked about yesterday, the Carolina Tar Heels now have a scholarship available. There's a new transfer portal name that popped up on Monday, and I want to talk about him a little bit and how he might be a fit right after I tell you a little bit about Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. From all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including the NBA playoffs going on, uh, literally just before we hopped on, I was watching uh, Cam Johnson's son's uh, defeat the Mavericks, which is both Theo Pinson, who, who's not dressing right now, uh, as well as Reggie Bullock, who fouled out tonight, unfortunately. But um, So Suns are up 1-0 in that series. Cool. Cam had a couple monster dunks. Anyway, let's get back to, to bet online. Uh, this year's NBA playoffs and the start of the MLB season. In fact, BetOnline has already published odds for next season's Final Four, the national champions. Uh, Kentucky actually leads the way in those odds at 8-1, to one, but the Tar Heels are in second place on, on that list of odds, tied with Arkansas at 10-1. to one. And so good to see how valued they are in those metrics. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering info from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. So head to the website today. Or use your mobile device to learn more about all the trends in action. Bet online, where the game starts. Well, well, well. Uh, before I talk to you about who this new um, transfer candidate might be, I want to first mention a couple that we talked about on Monday's show um, that it appears probably actually aren't going to be targets of Carolina for a variety of reasons, either Carolina didn't pursue them. Maybe Coach Davis didn't want them. Uh, it could be that they weren't interested in Carolina. I, I would think that wouldn't be a thing because, hello, this team is coming off a national championship with four of their five starters back. And the pitch, you're the missing piece. Why wouldn't you want to come and be part of that? Unless it is you can't step in and replace Brady Manick and you would maybe be a backup elsewhere. I, I get that if you don't want to come. Or the other thing, uh, so so um, potentially Carolina didn't target them, potentially they weren't interested, or potentially the Tar Heels were too late to the game um, since they didn't find out, at least publicly, who knows what, what they've known internally, we haven't heard that yet, um, but didn't know and weren't able to fully pursue publicly any targets until after Kerwin Walton officially entered the transfer portal. So um, let me name for you those two guys who are, we are looking like they're coming off uh, the list. One of them, Baylor Shireman, who we talked about from South Dakota State, by the time you're listening or watching this, has probably actually already announced um, his college choice. He is scheduled to announce at 10 a.m. Eastern Time on Tuesday. So if, if you're listening to this 10 o'clock or after, you already know what I'm about to talk about. If you're listening to it before that time, you can wonder with me right now. Um, but he cut his list down to five, and that is Arkansas, Clemson, Creighton, boo, Duke, boo, or Nebraska. And so, you know what? I, I can even deal with Clemson as an ACC rival. Just don't freaking go to Creighton. 
because they're awful and they ruined the national championship. I'm, I'm not better. I'm good. I'm cool. We're good. Uh, and Duke. Just please don't go to Duke unless you suck and then go to Duke. And so uh, at 10 a.m. Tuesday, as you're watching this, we will uh, learn who, where Shireman is going. The other is Amani Bates. And you heard me talk about last night, like, I don't think he's somebody that Carolina would really want anyway. And it, and it seems like um, he is not because he has not included the Tar Heels on his final list of six. Um, and that list also includes Arkansas, just like Shireman, as well as DePaul, Eastern Michigan, Louisville, Michigan, and Seton Hall. And so uh, kind of an interesting mix there. He's actually from Michigan. And so that's why you, you see Eastern Michigan um, and some other Michigan places included on that. So um, anyway, enough on those guys, but we can sh shuttle them off of the transfer portal list of people that Carolina might be recruiting. Just quickly, as you'll recall, the transfer deadline uh, was Sunday, May 1st, so two days ago. Um, again, not deadline like you can't apply or enter the portal after that. It's just that's when you have to do it to be able to be immediately eligible for the 2022-23 season. And so with that in mind, it came out on Monday morning that, bear with me, Baylor's Matthew Meyer um, was going to enter the transfer portal. Now, you might look at that and think, oh, Baylor, didn't we fight and kick and struggle with them? And I've seen some people on social media today like uh, really bash this idea. And so, you know what? I don't care. I'm going all in on it. Um, is that um, Meyer is in the NBA draft testing the waters and has stated that his full intention is to be in the draft. Um, and that's where he's leaning. But he's in the transfer portal. He's got a plum position waiting for him at Carolina. Um, he just saw up close and personal what Brady Manick did to him um, last season. Or, But also, he could be that next season for Carolina. And so, I, I don't know. We'll see what happens. It's just like, if, if Carolina could get him, it's just like, hey, let's get all these forwards from Texas and Oklahoma from the Big 12 and just keep shuttling them to the Tar Heels. So here's what's super interesting to me about all this. You ready? On Monday morning, Jonathan Gavoni, who uh, is Draft Express, is affiliated with ESPN as well, uh, tweeted everything I just said, that, that Meyer has every intent to stay in the draft, but had entered the portal just in case to keep all his options open. Um, so I, I saw Gavoni's tweet and I just bear with me. I'm going to give a little deep dive into social media, but sometimes it's what you got to do to kind of keep up with what's going on and who's going where and all that. So I quote tweeted Gavoni's tweet and basically said, Hey, Armando, come do your thing. Let's get on this guy. Right? Cause Mondo, as we've talked about is all over everyone pitching North Carolina. Hey, come play, be a Tar Heel, blah, 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 blah. And so I was like, let's do it. So I, I, tagged Mondo, I tagged Matthew Meyer, did the handshake emoji in between. Just thought it would be funny, and, and a, I, th I think I said something to the effect of get his mullet to, to Chapel Hill immediately. And um, so I was like, hey, that that's neat. But then I also saw, I don't think it's because he saw my tweet, but Mondo also quote tweeted Gavoni with the big bulgy emoji eyes, um, and for those of you watching on YouTube, I'm going to put some screenshots up of this as I've been talking about it. Um, but then a few minutes later, Baycott deleted that tweet. But I also had noticed 
Um, if you go and look at the likes on my tweet of this, and feel free to do that, um, at Isaac Shade, I-S-A-A-C-S-C-H-A-D-E, um, you can look through the people that have liked that tweet and see that Armando is one of them, at I get buckets underscore 35, that's Baycott. Um, and so, uh, Armando tweeted, uh, quote tweeted this, deleted it, but also he had liked mine and didn't back off of that. And so, I'm not saying there's anything to that. I'm not saying there's not anything to that. But again, Myers in the in the in the NBA draft testing all that. So, hmm, that's where we land on it. Just food for thought, something to keep your eyes on that he could be a potential candidate. In fact, a little uh, little tease for tomorrow. That might be part of tomorrow's show. Stay with that. And in fact, that brings us to the end of today's show. That's it for this episode of Locked on Tar Heels. Go subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, as I just said, you can follow me on Twitter at Isaac Shade. I just spelled it out for you. I'm not doing it again. Or you can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Heels. Um, and coming up on tomorrow's show, Coach K is back with us. Ooh, you got your ears perked? I'm just giving you a hard time. If you were listening last week, we had our guy, the Carolina Coach K, Coach Pack Kilby, uh, join the show for the first time. He's going to be back on tomorrow, Wednesday's show, and he's going to help us unpack up close and personal as someone who coached Brady Manick, what is he leaving behind and what is it that he brings that Carolina needs to very specifically replace? He's going to give us some inside scoop on that and his thoughts and what he sees as a coach uh, that the Tar Heels won't have because Manick's gone. So that's going to be some great content and I'm excited for you to hear that. Now that you've made Locked on Tar Heels your first listen today, let me encourage you to make Locked on ACC your second listen. Get all your daily ACC news in less than 30 minutes. Just like all the other shows on the Locked on Network, it's free and available everywhere you get your podcasts. So thanks so much for spending part of your Tuesday talking Carolina sports with me. I think we figured out where Sam Howell uh, is and that he landed well. Uh, talked about the other Carolina guys and great to see them get some landing spots and a little more talking about this transfer portal action. It's fun. It's so fun. We're talking about it more tomorrow and I can't wait for that. But as for today, it's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. Until tomorrow, peace.